0: Today, I want to begin communicating to you about what the Bible and Jesus say about the kingdom of God. Jesus many times tried to describe what the kingdom of God was like by telling parables, earthly stories meant to teach us about the heavenly meaning. But Jesus not only spoke of the kingdom through parables, he also talked about them in plain, he talked about the kingdom of God in plain conversation and in His preaching constantly. After Jesus was baptized and He came out of the wilderness, He began His ministry and began preaching. The first recorded words of His preaching are, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, and come, follow Me. Jesus began His ministry speaking of a present kingdom and an invitation, just like we saw in our parable today. In the Sermon on the Mount, The longest recorded message of Jesus from start to finish, Jesus began teaching who the kingdom of heaven belonged to by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he ended by saying, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven with the parable you just heard and saw. Jesus told this parable to the Pharisees right after He told them that the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the Kingdom of God ahead of you. And then saying that the Kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce fruit. Jesus spoke of the Kingdom of God often. And even though the phrase the Kingdom of God is not used in the Old Testament, the concept certainly exists there. The kingdom of God is not an afterthought. It was planned since the beginning. In another parable explaining the kingdom, Jesus says, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the beginning, since the creation of the world. Since the creation of the world, God has had this kingdom in mind. It was not an afterthought. So the Bible covers a, a lot of subjects, many subjects, but one supreme subject that binds it all together is Jesus Christ and the salvation God offers through him several times over Jesus spoke of the old in the old, of the old testament saying that these are the scriptures that testify about me or he would say everything must be fulfilled that is written about me the entire bible points to salvation in Jesus Christ and alongside a running parallel to this supreme subject of the Bible, it tells us what we are saved for or saved to. His kingdom. His kingdom. The scriptures tell us to give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So before we begin looking at Jesus' parables of the kingdom over the next few weeks, I just want to share with you a brief overview of this kingdom prepared for a people since the creation of the world. This kingdom that Jesus taught his followers to pray to the Father about, teaching us to pray, your kingdom come. It's not here yet, folks. For the moment, Though, and as we talk about this, I just want to give you a working definition of the kingdom of God as we scan through the scriptures. And again, I, I, I apologize. Uh, you know, I'm not someone who really enjoys taking one sentence and breaking it apart and telling, every, telling you everything t- you can know about the Greek word of one word. I'm just not that kind of preacher, never will be. But instead, I'm someone who's going to take one sentence from one portion of the scriptures and I'm going to show you how it's connected to the whole Bible and that's just the way God wired me so and for those of you who are uh, listening to our podcast I also apologize to you uh, because a lot of the messages that I I speak kind of have a CNN kind of flavor where we got all these scriptures up on the screen and so while I'm talking I'm not mentioning these scriptures that are on the screen backing up what I'm saying and so everybody knows that I'm not a big liar and that everything I'm saying is really in the Bible so uh, sometime we'll figure that out and we'll get it figured out for our podcast. But let me start where um, with this working definition as we scan through the scriptures. The kingdom of God is God's people and God's place under God's rule and blessing. It's God's people and God's place under God's rule and blessing. Throughout the scriptures, you'll see that God's preparing a people, preparing a place, and preparing... His rule and blessing. And you can see eight eras in God's unfolding plan to restore his kingdom. So let let me start with the final era of the kingdom of God, so we can see the glimpses of it at the beginning. The final era of the kingdom of God is the perfected kingdom, the kingdom that's not here yet. There will be a day when there will be no more preparations or work on the kingdom, because it will be finished. Christ will return and his enemies will be separated from him in hell, but his people will join him in a perfect new creation. God's people will be a multinational family from every nation, tribe, people, and language, wearing ri- white robes that have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. In this last era of the kingdom of God, God's people will never hunger or thirst. There will be no more death, and every tear God will wipe away from their eyes. God's people will be gathered in God's place, within a new creation and a new Jerusalem. God's rule and blessing will be that He is with His people. He is with His people and He's ruling from His throne. That is the final era, the perfected kingdom. And as you can tell, we aren't there yet. We aren't there yet, folks. But this is what we're invited to. It's what we're all invited to. And this is what the Lord has had in mind from the beginning. It was not an afterthought. So let's take a look at the beginning. Go way back to Genesis, where you can see the pattern for the kingdom in this very first era. God's people are Adam and Eve. Pretty simple. And God's place is the Garden of Eden. And it's perfect there. There's no dying there. And everything they need is there available to them. God's rule and blessing was through His Word and by His presence being with them. Through his word, he spoke to them how they should live in the garden. His presence was there with them in the garden. God walked among them. They lived in perfect relationship. The pattern for the kingdom. But it didn't last long. The second era enters pretty quickly. And it's the perished kingdom. Adam and Eve think life would be better if they lived independently of God. And the results are disastrous. They are no longer God's people. They turn away from him And he he turns away from them by cursing them. They're no longer in God's place. He banishes them from the garden. Puts an angel there with a flaming sword so they can never go back again. They are not under his rule. And therefore, they no longer enjoy his blessing. The situation is pretty gloomy. But remember, but remember, even at this point, God has in mind a kingdom he's preparing since the creation of of the world. Time passes. Time passes and mankind multiplies multiplies on the face of the earth. And a new era is introduced when God calls Abraham and makes some unconditional promises to him. And through Abraham's descendants, God will reestablish his kingdom. They will be his people living in his land and enjoying his blessing. And through them, all peoples on earth will be blessed. And that's an important part Of that promise that God makes. All peoples or nations will be blessed. Remember the final era, the perfected kingdom? Every tribe, every nation, every tongue gathered around the throne? You can see it right here in this promise to Abraham, this promised kingdom, and that promise is the gospel. It's partially fulfilled in the history of Israel, but it's only finally fulfilled through Jesus Christ, one of Abraham's descendants, through Mary. So time passes, and the Bible records how God's promises to Abraham are partially fulfilled in the history of Israel. Through the exodus from Egypt, God makes Abraham's descendants his very own people. He calls them out, sets them apart. At Mount Sinai, he gives them his law so that they might live under his rule and enjoy his blessing. And his blessing is chiefly marked by his presence with his people in the tabernacle that travels with them 40 years through the desert and then later through the temple when they're established in Canaan, the promised land. Through Joshua, they enter the land. And by the time of the kings, David and Solomon, they enjoy peace and prosperity there. It was the high point of the history of Israel. They were God's people in God's place, the land of Canaan, under God's rule and blessing. But the promises to Abraham, had still not been completely fulfilled. All nations are not yet blessed. It hasn't happened yet. The problem was sin and continued disobedience of the partial kingdom of of this people of Israel, which soon led to the dismantling of this partial kingdom. Time passes. Time passes, and the Bible records How this partial kingdom divides into two parts. Israel is in the north and Judah is in the south. After 200 years, the northern kingdom of Israel is destroyed by the Assyrians. Another 100 years later, and the southern kingdom of Judah was destroyed along with the temple. And some of the people are carried off into exile into Babylon, taken captive for 70 years. And during this depressing time, God spoke to the people of Israel and Judah through some prophets. This was the era of the prophesied kingdom. God explained that they were being punished for their sin, but still offered hope for the future. The prophets pointed forward to a time when God would act decisively through His King, the Messiah, to fulfill all His promises. The people of Judah must have thought that that time was come when they were allowed to return from exile and they were able to rebuild the temple. But God made it clear through his prophets that the great time of salvation was still in the future As, and, and through his prophets he described a heavenly temple a new creation a new covenant and a new king and that is where the Old Testament ends waiting for God's king to appear to introduce his kingdom 400 years pass and the people are waiting. And then Jesus appears on the scene. He enters our world and he begins his ministry with these words The time has come, the kingdom of God is near. Jesus was basically saying, The waiting is over. God's king has come to establish God's kingdom. His life is his teachings, his miracles, all proved that he was who he said he was, God himself in human form. He had the power to put everything right again and he did it through a very surprising way by dying in weakness on a cross. The resurrection proved the success of Jesus' rescue mission and announced that there was, that there is hope for our world. The kingdom of God was now present and the new promise or new covenant was in effect to bring about his kingdom. The kingdom of God has always been connected to his promises or covenants. Each of his covenants are sealed in blood and are given with a sign that is to be a reminder of the promise. The Noah covenant. God makes an unconditional promise to preserve his creation and never again to destroy it by a flood. The sign of the covenant is a rainbow. Then there's the Abraham covenant, the one where you will, your descendants will multiply and then they will be a great nation, but they'll bless other nations. Well, in that covenant, the Abraham covenant, there's another unconditional promise to raise up a nation from Abraham's descendants and through them, the whole world will be blessed. The sign of that covenant was Circumcision. The Moses covenant or Mosaic covenant is a conditional promise where God promises the Israelites they'll be his people and they in turn are to obey his law. And the sign of that covenant is the Sabbath. And then there is the new covenant. God promises a changed heart and complete forgiveness and eternal life. And the cross inaugurates this new covenant. And the sign of the covenant is baptism. These covenants are distinct, but they're also bound together because they're all a part. God's eternal plan to save the world through Jesus. I said that each of these kingdom, kingdom covenants were sealed in blood or sacrifice. Each consecutive sacrifice through time grows in greatness and points ahead to the perfect sacrifice by Jesus. With Abraham and Isaac, it was sacrificed just for one man. Remember, uh, God t- tested Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And then when they got to the mountain, God stopped them and, s- and provided a ram for, in place of his son Isaac. A sacrifice for one man. Then with Moses and the Passover, the sacrifice was for a family. Under the law and the kings, there was a day of atonement. A sacrifice for a whole nation. And then through the death of Jesus, it was a sacrifice for the whole world. The present kingdom was inaugurated with the death and resurrection of Jesus, a sacrifice and promise for the whole world. Not just one man, not just a family, not just one nation, but for the world. Jesus commanded His apostles and followers to preach the good news of this kingdom to all the world. And then He ascended to heaven. He ascended to heaven. Jesus did... All that was necessary to put everything right again and completely restore God's kingdom. But he didn't finish the job when he was first on earth. He ascended into heaven and made it clear that there would be a delay before his kingdom would be complete and finished. And he would delay because, and the Bible says this in 2 Peter 3, 9, to enable more people to hear about the good news of Christ so that they could put their trust in Him and be ready for Him when He comes. This is the era that we live in, the proclaimed kingdom. God's people are Jews and non-Jews who believe in Jesus. And God's place is within the individual believer. And we live under God's rule By the new covenant and the Holy Spirit. We proclaim His kingdom and pray His kingdom come. And we eagerly await the day when Jesus will return and complete, finish, and perfect His kingdom. That kingdom that He had in mind since the creation of the world. Believers from all nations in His new creation under God's rule and blessing. So all that to say that the kingdom of God is all throughout the Bible not just in parables and stories where Jesus was trying to illustrate and help us understand what the kingdom of God is like but we're going to talk more about those parables because parables are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning meaning and that meaning is to teach us to give us understanding And so we're going to study more of those parables in the coming weeks so we can have a better understanding of God's kingdom. But from today, all this to say, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. The preparations for the banquet are being made. The invitations are being sent out to the good and the bad. The day of the wedding banquet hasn't arrived. But it's coming. It's coming. So there's still time to say, Yes, I'm coming. And there's still time to put on those wedding clothes, that white robe of righteousness that has been washed by the blood of Jesus. For those of us who are already standing in those robes, the King has given us a job to do get the invitations out, go to every street corner. Go to every highway and byway. Tell people they're invited. The king will be coming soon to see all who are invited. So let's let him have us, find us ready.